0: Victor Brooks, and this is the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series. And you know what time it is. It's Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Coast time. And I'm looking over here now because I'm going to start my watch party. And uh, thank you all, everybody that, um, that starts their individual watch party as well. That means a lot, you know, um, because let's see here. Let's press this. All right, share. And we are The party's watching, because every time you share your watch party, it just kind of helps this whole Positivity Posse fire burn, you know, whoever turns it on and and is able to watch and join in with these vibes that we we try to deliver, you know, every Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, uh, myself and my my incredible co-producers, my brother Christopher Brooks, my sister Julie McKnight, and the incredible Wendy Vaughn that's always on here with us making sure that that it all sounds right and looks right you know and uh that's what we try to do as you all know you've been with us and we we call each other the positivity posse you know which is just a group of us, no matter how big it gets, we hope it just keeps growing as, as, as big as it can get, you know? Uh, and, and we're proud to say that, that we are, you know, we're, we're gaining Positivity Posse members um, all over the world. You know, we, we're having people who are contacting us, uh, of course, throughout the U.S., uh, Chicago, Dallas, Memphis, my hometown, everywhere. And uh, that's such a blessing. And then when you get call- when I get calls or, 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 or emails in from Europe and uh, Germany and France, 17 at 7 jazz, jazz Society, they've been a Positivity Posse Remember those jazz students out there in France, um, and the awesome uh, job that Astrid is doing there with the whole uh, foundation of jazz and the history and learning. Uh, we can't thank y'all enough and, and, and everybody else. Uh, you know what, I always love to give, and we must give uh, credit where credit is due, the respect to our first responders. You all know that corona still out here. You know, it's, it's put our life on pause in a lot of ways. Um, we have uh, been dealing with two viruses right now, as you know. Not right now, but, but for a while. Um, I always say the virus of the corona and the virus of racism, you know. That coronavirus put us on pause and kind of had us sit back and, you know, changed our life in a whole lot of ways all over the world. Um, But maybe there were some family members that we called that we hadn't called in a while. Maybe there's some books or some projects that we finished or or, or things that we, when life goes back to back at us, you know, every 24 hours, y'all, you know, maybe there is, and I, I believe there is some positives in this corona as well, that we just look for them. You know, every time I get up in the morning and open my eyes, wow, that's my first blessing to call. Thank you. When I put my foot down on the floor and walk to where I need to walk, that's my second blessing, y'all. And it just goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, that so many of you understand what I'm saying with that, too. Uh, the second virus of racism, y'all, you know, it's been with us generationally. Um, it's uh, unfortunately a virus that seems like, you know, It still pops its head. Never really, you know, never know when it's going to pop up on you, you dig? But I have to give it up to our young people that started this whole protest thing in the streets, you know, and especially our young artists who, who, who have something to say, say it. You young artists, write those songs about it y'all, paint those pictures, uh, um, write those poems, do those dance auditions, make those short films, whatever it is that you as an artist have to say, follow in the footsteps of Nina Simone and Gil Scott Heron and and the Watts poets and on and on and on throughout history. Uh, Much respect y'all. Um, thank you to our doctors, thank you to our nurses. Thank you to our truck drivers, our postal workers. everybody that is trying to make life as as, as 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 comfortable as it can be for all of us. you know and I thank you all for taking this journey with us every Sunday at one o 'clock p m We have some special thanks again today. I want to thank the emotions fan page, Sister Wanda. <laughs> Pam, Jeanette, Sheila, we love y'all. Thank you so much. And all of your fans on the Emotion page that 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 tunes in and shares their watch party every Sunday at 1 o'clock. Thank you. And of course, we know it's Labor Day weekend, y'all. Just be positive and safe out there. Wear those masks, you know? Do what we got to do to keep each other safe, you know, so we can try to get back to normal as quick as we can. Also, I want to give... A uh, uh, very proud shout out to our, uh, some of our past guests who, uh, who took their time to join us, you know, in their episodes here at the Facebook Live Positivity Posse. First of all, to Queen Melba Moore. Thank you, Melba Moore, for taking your time when you came on and, and spread the love and positivity about your journey. And much respect and much major shout out to you for your new, new single, Just Doing Me. Melba Moore, y'all, is killing it on the charts again. Just Doing Me is her new single produced by George Peters and Terry Hunter, written by Angela Peters. Right on, Queen Melba, right on. Much love and much respect. Also, if you don't have yours right here, this is brother Larry Dotson. Larry Dotson, the original lead singer of the Thump Masters, the Barquets. Let me tell y'all something, this book right here and the band plays on, incredible reading y'all and not just because of my love and respect for brother larry but what others are saying through their reviews of reading this honest approach of his life his journey as a musician and an artist the ups the downs but all through it the positivity and the blessings of brother dotson's life <laughs> right on and much respect to brother dotson also to our sister Salima Nimoy. You remember, Salima, when she came on and gave her readings of her journey um, and how Soul Music, her book, Since I Lost My Baby, an Amazon bestseller, y'all. Check it out, Salima Nimoy. Salima came on and shared her journey and, 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 and gave her, her, her I'm going to say, testimony of how Soul Music um, uh, changed her life in the positive on, in so many ways. Much respect, and keep on keeping on, Salima. We love you, girl. Wendy, Lady Wendy, are you there right now? I want to bring you on, too. And the Positivity Posse is sending it all in on to you, Wendy. They loving you, girl. (laughs) I was just over here doing all my watch parties behind the scenes clapping
1: air fives of people, <laughs> there facing us, they're very blessed and and hot, you know, a little sweaty today on, out here in L.A. <laughs> that's right, that's right.
2: And
0: it is 102 today, and as y'all know, I don't have air conditioning in this one right here, but uh, I got my fans on, and you know, that's the positivity. <laughs> <one>. that's <laughs>
1: That is okay. <laughs> have That's a fan right. is a blessing, you know, makes you appreciate the little things, like they say. <laughs> That's, right.
0: <laughs> That's right. Who we got on there with you since people oh. are loading up today for Miss Marla Gibbs. Yes. It is incredible around the world. Go We're ahead. All
1: over. We have well the entire Von family. We have Patricia. We have Lisa. We yeah. have, of course, um, even Wayne Von tilted in a little bit yes he's giving his love and shout outs and marla they love you i know that um our different folks in my family especially mom and dad they've had an opportunity to work with her so this is just going to be incredible um uh you know everyone sends their love to you uncle Vic, because they say you just keep this positivity coming and now mm-hmm. i got people coming to me saying wendy you got to sprinkle some of that positivity <laughs> on this, boy. i fell out laughing like
0: He done started something now. You know what, that's what we, and you know what, as long as we start something positive, baby girl, that's what it's about, you know? Exactly. Oh, boy. Oh, you know what, I have an announcement to make, too. Uh, As you brought to our attention, next Sunday, the 13th of September, is the Official Positivity Day, right?
2: Yes, it is National uh, Positivity
0: Day. Next, every 13th of September, is Positivity Posse Day. So next Sunday's episode, uh, we got some got some real out of sight. We're gonna let you know who the guest is, but they just confirmed, and we are so excited um, to bring her on to you. But we have now, as many of you know, the Positivity Posse um, uh, uh, is going, our best to go up another notch, where next week we're gonna start our, our uh, announcement for our mask our t-shirts, our ancillary, our caps, we're ready to get on board. We're ready to spread this positivity around, put it on your face, you know, wear the t-shirts, you know?
1: Let me tell you (laughs) something. It's something about dressing and things that make you feel good. Yeah. For real, there's a psychology with that. So I'm ready. I can't wait to get mine. That's right, (laughs) right on. Quarantine photo shoot, but okay. Quarantine photo shoot.
0: You thank know you. what, Dean <laughs> Robinson, thank you for lining up here. Marcus, venice in Brazil. Muito obrigado, amor. Muito obrigado por su tiempo aqui. Thank you for your time today. Uh, our co-producer, Julie McKnight, has started her watch party saying, Hey fam, we hey. love Miss Marla. She put it all in, all in exclamation points. <laughs> Harper, we, Gregory, Harper, go ahead. Oh, Sarah. I was going
1: to say, we heard um, Auntie Julie McKnight, Singing the other night on YN's um, live, and then I saw your video later on, Uncle Vic. Like the next day, I was like, Boy, <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna uh, maybe, maybe not today, maybe I'll save it for next week. I'm just gonna go ask oh, you, Go yeah. ahead, flat foot it. I
2: want to hear it. How
0: <laughs> <week with> <laughs> an old school legal flat footed? No, no instruments, to stand there and sing. I got you. <laughs> Well, Wendy, we love you, girl. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for your time. And Julie and Chris and everybody, thank y'all. Thank
1: you. Love y'all. you all. We'll see you.
0: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, as you see, I, I mean, my, my heart's filled in full anytime time that uh, our guests take their time to, to out of their day. And even though it's the corona, you know, we got to remember that folks are still doing things. You know, phones are still ringing. And like we are right now on the uh, on the social media thing, uh, emails are still being sent out. And as I said, phone calls are still being made because, you know, we have the positivity that if we do the right thing, this whole thing will get back where it needs to be uh, sooner than later. And, um, you know, I know that I... I have also Music Cares Project, Brother Bootsy Collins. It's such an honor to join him in his campaign with Music Cares, where this is a nonprofit that raises money for musicians that aren't working right now. And as a musician myself, I know what that feels like. Um, you know, in this campaign that Bootsy's on, I mean so many people are are, are pulling together, pulling in, um to 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 just kind of, you know, help out. It's another positivity moment, you know. But um, you know what, our when our guests come on, y'all. Man, it just—I know from the emails I get from y'all—you feel just as 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 grateful as I do that our guests come on, share their time, share their journey, and tell their stories. Um, that uh, always has a positivity um, uh, uh, engulfed in the whole uh, presentation that they give. Today, ladies and gentlemen, it's—it's it's, in my opinion. Oh, my goodness, y'all. When I talk about the name Marla Gibbs, ooh, I know it's like millions of others of you who share the same sentiment I do of love and respect um, for Miss Gibbs. It, you know, it, it's an honor. It's an honor that Miss Gibbs has, has taken her time to come on and talk to my positivity, our positivity today and share her journey. Listen to this. Marla Gibbs was born in Chicago, Illinois, at Cook County Hospital. Ms. Gibbs attended Wendell Phillips Academy High School in the Bronzeville neighborhood on Chicago's South Side and graduated in 1949. Upon completing her high school studies, Ms. Gibbs moved to Detroit, Michigan, where she attended Peters Business School. She worked as a reservations agent for United Airlines before relocating with her children from Detroit to L.A. Margaret Teresa Bradley grew to become the famous Marla Gibbs, an American actress, comedian, writer, singer, producer, and businesswoman, whose career spans more than 50 years. Marla Gibbs landed her first acting job in the early 70s in the classics Sweet Jesus, Preacher Man, and Black Belt Jones. Come on now. Marla Gibbs is well known for her role as George Jefferson's maid Florence Johnson, in the CBS sitcom The Jeffersons between 1975 and 1985. She received five nominations for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in the Comedy Series. Miss Gibbs also starred in the show's spinoff Checking In in 1981. She is also famous for her leading role as Mary Jenkins in the NBC sitcom 227. From 85 to 90, producing 116 episodes, and yes, Marla Gibbs also produced and sang There's No Place Like Home, the theme song. Miss Miss Gibbs has won a total of eight NAACP Image Awards, y'all, and in recent years, she has played supporting roles in the films Media Man, Lost and Found, The Visit, The Brothers, and Medea's Witness Protection. Marla Gibbs later teamed again with former 227 co-star and friend Jack K. Harry in the first family where Miss Gibbs and a reoccurring role as Jackie Harry's on-screen mother, Grandma Edie, again working with Jack K. in the independent film Forbidden Woman. Marla Gibbs has also enjoyed a number of supporting role films, such as several television shows, such as The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Touched by an Angels, with longtime friend, Della Reese. (laughs) Legends. Judging Amy, ER and Southland. Between 1998 and 2000, Marla had a recurring role on The Hughleys. Later in 2012, she appeared in the Tyler Perry film, once again, Medea's Witness Protection, and starred in the independent film Grantham and Rose. By mid-2015, she made a cameo appearance on an episode of Shonda Rhimes' game-changing drama series, Scandal. As many of us here in the L.A. area remember, and also around the world, Marla Gibbs is also a businesswoman, a giver-backer, you know what I'm saying, owning the jazz club Marla's Memory Lane and Supper Club, here in Los Angeles from 81 to 1999. As a true and lifelong member of the positivity posse (laughs) who I learned so much of my importance of how important being positive is about is watching Marla Gibbs, her career and her soul and spirit. Marla Gibbs makes it clear in one of her most cherished quotes, it's never too late. My honor to welcome a true legend and inspiration to many of us, the one and only, Queen Marla Gibbs. Are we on Miss Marla together? Hello? Can you Hi. hear me, Miss Marla? Hey, there Here she is. is. <laughs> How are you,
3: Miss Marla? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. It is an honor. It is an honor, Miss Gibbs. You know what? I, I was letting you know before we went on air that when I st- when we started the promotions uh, this week. Miss Marla, within the first 24 to 36 hours, I was getting emails from around the world of how much people, you have a love that has lasted from your public, Miss Marla, for generations. How does that feel? Not only in the U.S., but internationally.
3: It feels incredible. Yes, ma'am. And not because I called West Medical. <laughs>
0: Right on! I got you. <laughs> well, you know what? We know that that quick, beautiful wit is 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 evident today. What is the art, Miss Marla? What was your art of 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 condensing and projecting your sass, your style, the Marla gives that we have all fell in love with and respected over the years? Well, my thing
3: has always been to try to male, become one with the character, and let the character dictate what they wanted me to do.
0: Yes, ma'am. I got you. And and now let's go back to Chicago. You were from, you were born in Chicago, right? Yeah. And then later moved to to Detroit. But give me your memories of your Chicago you grew up with, Ms. Marla. What was Chicago like then?
3: Well, you know, I always said Chicago was too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. Right, right. Sure. So then it was not my favorite place. <laughs> yeah. But what we did every time there was a vacant lot, we cleaned it off and we played baseball. Okay. Most of most of the uh parking uh, most of the vacant lots in Chicago were ball were ball clubs. Okay. okay. We just okay. took it, everybody that was where every kids played. You didn't have to worry about having no place to go. Go down to the empty vacant lot. Right.
0: And make it something. That's right. That's right. And you know what? I have family every, well, like growing up in Memphis, um, when we would go to Chicago in the summer to see our family up there. And I remember uh we there was a uh, family there and we over at Ida B. Wells at 39th and Cottage. Yeah. Grove. Uh-huh. And then my uncle was uh we go to his church and he used to have tent meetings out there every summer and it was hot. So we would set up in one of those vacant lots right across from Ida Wells, <laughs> about, you know? But I love Chicago. I lo- so what took you to Detroit, Miss Guinness-Gibbs? Say
3: it again.
0: What took you to Detroit? Detroit. What? What, what? what, your move to Detroit. What took you to Detroit? Why did you move to Detroit? Well,
3: my mother was in Detroit. Okay. I didn't grow up with my mother. She was in Detroit. And my younger sister was in Detroit.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So my mother had been trying to get us to move to Detroit. And by that time, I had been working at a place called Service Bindery. Okay. A couple of Jewish partners hired me. And that's where I learned to do the switchboard. And they were really great for me. Wow. And uh, so my I had gotten married. And they talked my husband in. They're coming to come into Detroit to find a job. He was out of work at the at, at the time. Okay. And so I said to him, Well, you go and you find a job, you call me because I was expecting our son. I said, and then I'll come.
2: Yeah.
3: I said, if not, you don't find a job, then you come back home. Uh-huh. So they talked him into telling me he had a job, which was not true.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> Okay. So I packed up everything at seven months and moved to Detroit to find out that he did not have a job.
0: Okay. okay.
3: My mother was hiring him to go with her and do, do stuff for her. She was a minister at that time.
0: Okay. Oh, so you're a PK too. You're a preacher's kid out there as well. So, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> PK kid and um, numbers kid.
0: Okay. They were in the numbers before. Got you. Got you. Right. Got gotcha. <laughs> you. Hey, it makes the world go round, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> do what you can. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, while you were in Detroit, is that where you started your business school and, and started getting into like that? No, no. no. Business school was in Chicago. Um, oh, yes. Yeah.
3: Business school was okay. in Chicago. Okay. Detroit. Detroit. I went to Northern High School
0: gotcha. okay.
3: for okay. one season. Then I came back.
0: Yeah. So how did United Airlines get in the picture? What were you doing well, with United? I was
3: working for the city in Detroit, uh-huh. the DSR, Detroit Street Railways. And uh, I took a leave of absence because I was ill, and my mother sent me to L.A., which I really, really liked. Wow. Wow, We were eating outside. All stuff I never saw in, in Chicago.
0: <laughs> like what? Like what, Miss Gibb? Huh? Like what? Like what What were the new things you were experiencing?
3: People eating outside.
0: Yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> so there were a lot of little places you go and order the food and you sit outside and eat. That was all new to me.
0: Mm. Gotcha.
3: Then I wanted to see where Hollywood was because I always thought it was behind some big gates. Yeah. So when I got to Hollywood Boulevard, I was really disappointed. I said, this is Hollywood?
0: <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood, right?
3: There you they were just starting to build a lot of stuff out here, like, like apartment buildings with pools and things like that. And it was pretty reasonable at that time, according to, especially not now, but it was So I got involved with looking at that. And when I went back home, I tried to tell my mother, we should move out here. Uh And she thought I had lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) So then I decided I really didn't want to go back to the DSR. So I was downtown at, at the bank. And I looked across the street, and I saw the airlines. So I said, I wonder how they get those jobs. And by the time I walked down to the next corner, I decided to cross the street and ask them because United Airlines was on that corner. Okay. And I asked the, uh, the clerk at the, at the counter, where do you guys get these jobs? So she said, it's down where I first started at the other end of the block. Right. So I went and in the building with several airlines. So I just started going to all of them And they'd say, what made you uh, apply at TWA? Because I always fly TWA. What made you apply at America? Because I always fly American. So I got to United because I always fly United. (laughs) And I didn't know it, but United was actually hiring. Gotcha. So they took me to the next thing. And uh, then I, I passed that. Then they had another little test, and I passed that. But then they took my blood pressure and they said, your blood pressure is high. Ooh. So go sit down somewhere for 15 minutes and come back. So I went across to a place called Hudson's Department Store and I sat down and lounged quietly for about 15 minutes and I got up, walked slowly back to United Airlines, and my blood pressure was higher than it was when I oh. left. <laughs> <laughs> I got you right. <laughs> so I had a little Chinese acupuncturist. Okay. So I called her and told her what was going on. So she said, "Well, come on." So she came by, and she gave me a uh, she gave me a treatment, and then she said, mm, "Now your blood pressure is low." Lower. lower. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, so anyway, when I got back to United the next day, it was normal. There you go. Hey, well, that's it. It came on down, you know. So I'm sorry, go ahead. I was so amazed at getting that job that easy. I told all my friends about it. So I got about five or six people hired because I thought they would, it was something new. Yeah. I didn't find out that the government or somebody had mandated they had to have Uh, you
2: know,
3: so they were doing that. But I was making sure everybody got hired. So a couple of people from the DSR came over and got hired too.
0: Okay. So so how did the transition from that, Miss Marla, to the world of entertainment, to acting? I mean, was that something? And you should see the hands that are going up on this uh, line here. That you know, they love that 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 insight you just gave us. But how did it change from what called you to 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 the world of acting and, and show business? Well, I was
3: always enamored with uh, acting with film and musicals and things like that, but I never saw it. They probably had workshops in Chicago, but I never knew it. Okay. But when I got to Detroit, uh, one of the uh, vice principals from Northern High School, my sister and I, we were in the grocery store,
2: yeah. and
3: we ran into him, and he was doing a product demonstration and uh he asked me would i like to try it and i said yes and he said you're pretty good he yeah. said there's a show i would like to put you on which so it was called um juvenile court
2: okay okay
3: so he sent me the script had a whole lot of dialogue so i memorized all that dialogue wow then i went there and I was disappointed because I didn't have to use any of the dialogue I worked so hard on. <laughs> okay. It was just for me to understand what was going on in the scene uh, and what the judge was gonna say. Okay. So I did the show. I was a mother who had a son who threw a rock and at a train and it broke the window and somebody got injured. Now they wanted to put him in juvenile. Okay. And I, I didn't want him to go to Juvenile, so I was explaining that we lived over a bar, and that there was no place for him to play, Yeah. and uh, so my mother said, we really believed you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, was this role a, 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 a sassy role? And the reason I keep going back to that, Miss Marla, is because, you know, you are a part of our lives all of us who grew up with Marla Gibbs, okay? And uh, I, mean, I mean, and even before, and I, and I know and there's no way to condense the life and success of Marla Gibbs in 30, 45 minutes. It just can't be done. And, you know, Because you've lived like somebody just put here that it's almost like you've lived three lives all of the accomplishments the things you've been through the generations that that you've seen you know you you are the epitome of the word OG original that means that you you you've been here to see how it was before see the change and see how it is now uh-huh. so you know <laughs> it's like you know, i'm sorry go ahead miss marlowe the bible
3: always says as it was is now and ever shall be come on sorry. now
0: that's There's it <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and you know, and, and you know, and, and it's like when we when we look back on on you know the episodes that we've seen you in, there was a a style, or there is a, a Marla Gibbsness, you know, through <laughs> through it all. And some people say sass. Some people say you know quick, which I believe is all you know about of it, but. Your delivery, Miss Marla, in what we've seen you in, your rhythm of delivery, um, how is that, you know, there is, would you say there is a difference, cultural difference in rhythm delivery on camera, off camera, whatever? That was the
3: key, the rhythm. Oh. Because everybody has a rhythm. Each race has a rhythm of their own. And you know it when you hear it. Yeah you may not know what they're saying, but you know their rhythm. If you're on the bus and somebody behind you is speaking Spanish, but they're not really Spanish, you turn around and look to see who's talking. <laughs> right. But as long as they're in their rhythm, you won't, learn, you won't turn around. That's
0: right, that's right. Now with that rhythm, with that thought, With the writers, like, let's take the Jeffersons, for instance. When the writers would come in, and we're talking, you know, 70s, you know, uh, and the people are throwing their hands again. It's amazing what, it's dialogue in here when you see the lineup, but when the writers would bring you a script or when they would bring the cast a script, how much was ad-libbed or how much, because it was like, wow, how could they write for Florence like that? Please give us an insight on that. Well, to tell
3: you the truth, When I first came, I was only supposed to do one show as a guest. Really? I was not part of the cast. I was just a guest artist. So I did the first show, and I said, how come we overcame And Nobody told me. That's right. uh, I got a big response. So they invited me back on the fifth show, and they invited me back on the eighth show, and then they offered me a contract. But wow. There was somebody else on the show who was supposed to do the part I got. And uh
0: unfortunately they gave it to me. I mean <laughs> okay. me. Fortunately, right, right. And so when you but, delivered that, was were that ad libs, Miss Gibbs? Or what what would go through like when you'd see a line, how would that Marla Gibbness that we fell in love with translate from the writing into what we felt? Well,
3: when you do the uh, rehearsals and then you sit well before you do the rehearsal you have a reading and you sit down with the producers and the director and the cast and you read the script and so after you read the script the actors got up and they went to their went to this they got up from the table okay i didn't know where they were going because i had never been on tv before okay but I didn't want to go where they were going. I wanted to hear what the producer and the director was saying, so I stayed at the table. Okay. And uh, they were too polite to tell me I had to leave. <laughs> so they kept talking, and then I kept interrupting. Right. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me, black people don't talk like that. Come on. Now. See, Jewish people, they, they punch everything. I said, we just say the whole line, and everybody knows what. But we don't say, if you don't sit down yeah. and we say, if you don't sit down, I'm going to knock the you. Everybody <laughs> understand what you said. Exactly. Everybody who's not Black understand what you say because they hear Black people talking. Right, right. Same as when we hear them talking. So, so Italians speak with their hands, but everybody has their own rhythm. That's right. That's and I had to put things in my rhythm for them to work for me. Otherwise, they sounded foreign. I so sometimes it. they'd have Mr. Jefferson at the beginning, and I want to put him at the end or put it at the middle of the line. And so I would do. I would always change it. And uh, so the director <laughs> sometimes <laughs> would get on his nerves. He said, "We know. We know it don't fit your rhythm." <laughs> That just
0: became known there. Like, we got
3: to check, you know, right? Yeah, I would get
0: the laughs, so they soon left me alone. There
3: you go. I would get three laughs, but <laughs> they were expecting one because of the way I had did the line. Right. So that, they
0: let me do it. That's right. And you know what? You brought up a good point, Miss Gibbs, when you said that line, How Come We Overcame and Nobody Told Me? I, I know to this day that I've seen it on t shirts. I've, now, I've that, was, that was the writer's line. That was not my line. He, but to hear your delivery on that, your delivery on that, and the look you my, made. That was my grandmother's delivery. Oh, really? So you pulled from people in your, Tell please tell me, who were you
3: pulling people from? in the neighborhood, you hear Black people talking and grown folks talking all the time. Right. You may not be in the conversation, and you can't say nothing. Uh-huh. But the way they talk, you hear you know, They didn't curse. They didn't curse. That, you know, they say say uh, things like, um, let's see, well...
0: Say, what you say now?
3: It will come to me. I got you, I got you. Different things they would say instead of saying ain't that, a, they'd say, ain't that a blip. Yeah. They might say ain't that a bitch, but we did there go, like right, right. So it was all in my head <laughs> being a Gemini we keep stuff in our head you know
0: okay <laughs> you put it in layaway for another time that's you? right now, <laughs> <laughs> you got some gemini's here line up saying heck yeah and that's right you know <laughs> i heard there's about six of us all together <laughs> You know what? But see that whole thing of you because know, we remember the the uh, the the energy between you and because over you know television history you had what Ralph Cramden and that you know that 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 uh, that feuding chemistry. Then you had of course Fred and Esther feuding chemistry that became legendary. And then you and and George's feuding chemistry. That that also is legendary, but in each episode we never lost our love for either one of you, in oh, the feud, right. in the feuds, in the in the whole, because it was almost like. I know in my household, and 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 like you just mentioned, multicultural differences in the black community as well. It was like watching my aunt and uncle or my my cousins go at it, and this and but at the end of the day, we gonna sit down and love each other, and you know we. So was that the kind of a feeling you were thinking back then too, Miss Marla? Oh yes, especially for two two seven. Oh yes, oh yeah. Cause two two seven now, and and I wanted to get into that because. To me, the special of 227 was you—you you, you all told real-life stories. It was—it was like what actually would happen in a day of a family life. Please give us the history because it started as a play, right? 227 right. was a play. Please give us the backstory today.
4: It, it was
3: a, a dramatic play, really. Okay. So we were trying to figure out how to put it on TV, and uh, I was approached by by NBC and. Uh, Universal and a couple of other people, but by the end of the play, Norman Lear said, "I hear you got a great play." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I want to come and see it." I said, "Well, you better come tomorrow because we're closing." Okay. So he said, "Well, okay, call my office." I had invited him before, but he didn't respond. So um, he came with his wife and some people from the production office, and then he said, "Well, what are you doing us?" I said, well, I'm talking with Columbia and some other people. He said, well, have you signed anything? I said, no. I said, they haven't got around to talking about any money. So no, we haven't signed anything. Gotcha. So he said, well, why don't you and I do it? So I said, well, OK. So, so he said, well, call my office and let's have a meeting. So we did. And
0: uh,
3: well, the rest is history. I went with Norman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean come on Miss Marla. See that's the thing. It's like we we love Miss, you know, Marla gives the actress. We love Marla gives of course the singer, performer, but Miss Marla you were also a businesswoman. You know, you were doing things within the industry um that if please educate me if I'm wrong, but if, if during that time Were there many other females of color? I know Debbie Allen was doing some things as well, but I don't know too many outside of you and Debbie Allen that were actually multi, you know, faceted production editing the whole thing. Was that? Well, unfortunately,
3: before we we were into having banks and opening businesses and things like that before they bombed Wall Street and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm somehow it got we got the notion that you don't spend your money you spend opm other people's money right. but my thing was if you're spending other people's money it belongs to them it don't belong to you come on now so i so i got resented a lot for that because People couldn't. Why don't you let the city take care of you? They got all that money. I said, maybe God wants to know what we can do, huh?
0: Come on, Miss Marla.
3: So, so that's so. You know, they didn't consider me a good businesswoman, and I guess I'm too emotional.
0: I got you. And uh, and you know what, Miss Marla, those are words of wisdom, because and and it started, if I'm not wrong, that during the two two seven production, you were wearing many hats that would equate you as a business entity within that uh, show, right? I mean, production, all of that, right? I mean, even hands in who was selected and hiring. Am I, am I right on that? I'd have to give most of that to my daughter.
3: Okay. But, uh, who's also, if you ever saw Black Jesus. Yes. Much respect two- to Miss Angela. Miss Tootie, on Black Jesus.
2: Yes,
0: that's right. And Cleopatra Jones, she was doing some things, right? Mm -hmm. Did your daughter also in Cleopatra Jones? Yeah. That's right. She was on TV.
3: She was in the movies before I was. She was on TV before I was. I got you. He did that for the
0: son. Much respect to Miss Angela. Much respect. And it's just that whole, because like with, I remember watching and I posted a thing that Regina King had uh, put on YouTube where she was giving praises to you on the whole experience of 227. That's my baby. Um, Yes, that's right. How, you know, produ- even, you know, Ms. Marley, you were producing, you were, you were picking the cast, right? So well, did you run into any type of anti-thing at that time? Was that easy for you to do at that time? Well, it wasn't easy okay. because women
3: were, women were not considered, except for Debbie Allen. Yes. She was accepted as a producer got gotcha. you but they didn't want me to be a producer so okay. I decided I would not do the show unless they let me be a producer so I got all rights courtesies and privileges but no money and no credit gotcha. so, but that was okay I wanted yeah. I wanted to do the work I wanted there,
0: to- you there you go and thanks to that perseverance the people that were hired I, you know like, like who did, did you hand select a lot of the final cast like Jack Kay and and Regina and everybody? Kay was
3: one of the person that I asked for. When she came to do her audition, she came to read for Rose, but then she asked to read for Sandra. And when she did Sandra, she was hysterical. (laughs) She was a little overweight with a little short hair, and Mm -hmm. she was playing Mae West, and it was absolutely, so I said, that's her. So the network wanted someone else, but I insisted that we have Okay. And it turned out to be the right decision.
0: Come on now, that whole cast, Miss give Hal Williams, uh, Curtis Baldwin, Regina King, you, Curtis
3: Baldwin. We have to thank my son, my youngest son. He coached him. Wow. And Curtis picks up really quick. So yeah, gotcha. he was not a good reader, but mm-hmm. he would do everything like my son would show him how to do, he would come in, he'd do that, and it worked. Right. I mean, he was really good. Yeah. And, and Regina, we insisted on having Regina, I said, Regina looks like hell. She's <laughs> got sandy hair and light brown eyes, right. she could be his child. That's right. So they were showing me another little girl they wanted, I said, no, we got to have Regina. Mm-hmm. So They put her through the trenches, she had to audition, I think six or seven times, she said. Yeah. But still, as long as I got her, that was fine.
0: That was it, yeah. And you know what, Miss Marla, give us some advice. That there, it may—it's called show business for a reason, because business. If you, is care, if you don't take care of business, there ain't gonna be no show. Come on now, break that down, please. Give us some
3: words of wisdom on that, Miss Marla. You have to take care of the business. I tell actors, I had a couple of, of uh, cousins. Who were twins who were really handsome and they just felt like they were unique i said no honey you have to go do the work twins are a dime a dozen i said there were triplets and quadruplets i said but you have to go learn what you want to do but they never would go take the lessons so they never did anything but they would
0: have been good there you go Because like you said, without the business, there'd be no show. And that's across the board, whether you're recording music, making films, you know, whatever it is. Some people get away with it, but the business is always
3: what the show is about. you got to take care of the show, not Mm. your own personal self.
0: There you go. Oh, man. You know, and, and you know what, and I, I'm also curious, Miss Gibbs, like I said, I wish we had more, because your career and your life and your experience is just so vast. That's why dropping words of wisdom and, as we call dropping gems on, on us as well in, in moments like these, that's special. You know, and as I see the reactions coming from everybody that's lining up here, Miss Gibbs, it's touching. It's educating people. You know, and that's what, what it's about. And with with all of your, with let's take Marla's memory lane. You took that business sense of giving to the community. What pulled you to do something was it, it's in in when you did it, where you did it, and why you did it then miss gibbs well when we were at
3: crossroads arts academy which is what my daughter started um, a lady came a couple of ladies came in a couple of seniors they came in they said miss gibbs we said if anybody knows you would know is there any place in the community we have that we can bring our friends when they come to town for fine <laughs> dining any nice place i was always sending people to the marina to the warehouse, which was my favorite restaurant then, and I thought, no. So we had a nice lot of nice restaurants, but nothing compared. Yeah. So I decided. I was looking. I was going to see um, a movie with um, Richard Pryor.
0: Busting at- loose was around that time. Mm-hmm. Was it Busting Loose around that time? He's going to see.
3: Yeah, go ahead. So my girlfriend and I, we were going to go to the movie. So I went to pick her up in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And we were driving all over trying to find it. We couldn't find it. Yeah. So we ended up on Wilton. Okay. Wilton becomes, um, come back mine.
0: Uh-huh. I'm lost too. I need a GPS every day.
3: Well, I Wilton know. becomes uh-huh. two three different other names as okay.
0: you go down. Yes, ma'am.
3: So Arlington. Wilton becomes gotcha. to Arlington. Gotcha. And um, so when we got to Wilton, the traffic was so heavy, I just pulled off to get off of Hollywood Boulevard. Right. And I said, you know what? We can't find the movie. Let's go down to the memory lane.
2: Uh-huh.
3: I said, OC is playing. Let's go down to here, OC. Okay. And, and have And have some dinner. So she said, okay. So we went down and we went in and, and uh, went in the dining room and they said, the dining room is closed, but the cook said she'll be very happy to give you two chicken dinners. Okay. So said, fine. So she made us two chicken dinners. And while we we're sitting there eating, Larry came in, Larry Hearn, the owner came in. He came through the kitchen and into the dining room. He said, hi, I said, hi. He said, what you doing? So at the time, at Crossroads, we were trying to open a coffee shop, a jazz coffee shop. Okay. And I had an architect and everybody come in, and they said, It's not good because where you're located, the planes are coming over and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at Larry, and, and I can't tell, he's got a restaurant we've known for years, food and everything. Okay. So, I didn't want to say I'm opening a coffee shop. Right. I said, Oh, nothing. So then he asked me again, What you, you know, God is awesome. He'll put these he things is. together. That's right. He said, what you doing? So I said, Well, actually, I'm trying to open a, a coffee shop. He said, Why don't you buy this place? I said, Oh, Larry, you're not going to sell this place. He said, I do, but I want to sell it to somebody who will pay me.
2: Okay. He
3: said, I said, Really? See, said, Yeah. So he said he had a house next door that went with it. So I thought about it, and I thought about those two ladies. And I said, this will be a very nice place. And of course, I was interested in jazz. And they said jazz was dead. And I said, how can my music be dead? Yes. So um, all those were motivations for me to buy the place. So I bought the little house next door. Just in case things fell through, I would have something. Come on now. we ended up with me with the place.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's and I it.
3: just added Marla to Mar- to Memory Lane. Memory Lane. Lane. Memory Lane was the oldest jazz supper, uh, oldest supper club in that's Southern right. California.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's right. And you know what, Miss Marla, hearing you say this and and what we talked about already through through your journey, there's one thread. That goes through, and, I'll, and I'm going to say it again: the Marla Gibbness of your story, that you don't give up. You have a positivity that is a drive. Would I say that that you that positivity drives a Marla Gibbs venture? Is it, would that be hard to say? No, that'd be good to say. Yeah,
3: yeah. The truth is, I have, I have. Uh, motivation behind what I do. It's not about making money. Unfortunately if I had said, and make some money too, I might have made some money. (laughs) But I wanted to give the jazz artists a place to work and keep jazz. So I hired most of the jazz musicians. I'd bring them in from New York, put them in a hotel, pay them. And and I was never making any money behind all this. And then I had champagne brunches. Come Everything on. that I had seen, yeah. I did. Yeah. So people could have their parties. A so Mother's mm-hmm. Day was always sold out. Ernie Andrews. Oh yeah. Jazz. It's just wonderful. Kenny yeah. Morrell, I yeah. still yeah. talk to Kenny. And then I hired more jazz musicians than anybody. Yes.
2: Because yes.
3: Because they weren't hiring them in the other neighborhoods anymore. So suddenly if people in the other neighborhoods were coming to my club to hear the jazz.
2: Right. Right.
3: Right. And then, unfortunately, when they started hiring jazz again, people left my, because now they
0: can go over there. I got you. I got you. But see, a lot of people don't, you know, and a lot of people do know, but you're, you're a singer as well. You sing, and a beautiful voice. Miss Gibbs. Did you grow up singing or did that something that hit you later? I always sang in the bathroom and on the porch by myself. Gotcha. It's something about it's the way late. the voice sounds in the bathroom. I know. I got you. And I didn't sing too loud because I didn't want nobody to hear me. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. So I, ne-
3: I never had the confidence. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't have the confidence.
2: I
0: got
3: you. I was not, was not encouraged in any kind of way, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what, that brings me to, please tell us why the phrase, it's never too late, is so important to you, Ms. Gibbs.
3: Oh, yes, it's important to me, too. Why? Because if you look at Tyler Perry, who was homeless, God works through ideas. You can be homeless today, you get an idea, you get up if you move forward on the idea you're not homeless anymore you're talking about when you were homeless right. and i think will smith did the movie on the young man who became well you know yes. i can yes
0: fantastic movie mm-hmm.
3: yeah it was and so those things i realized but i didn't i really didn't connect them with myself yeah but those things were inspirational Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to do the show on
0: it. Okay, okay. And you know what? That in itself even doubles that positivity uh, message that you give, Miss Gibbs, is that, number one, positivity is something that... We all know that there's negative and there's positive. That's life. But feeding the positivity more than we feed the negative, gives another picture to the whole thing. Where you put your focus. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
3: When I see young people, they quit school because they think this or that, and uh, that doesn't happen, and they feel like they failed, and, and they really get into a negative spiral. Yeah. But somebody gives them an idea, yeah. and the next thing you know, they decide to go back to school. And they come out with flying colors. There you go. And next thing you know, there's something you're reading about them. There you go. But that's available to everybody.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, it is. And it's never too late.
3: That's right. <laughs> the only time there is, is now. So we keep talking about tomorrow, which never comes. Ooh. Or we talking about yesterday, which is gone and ain't coming back.
0: Come on, Miss Marla.
3: So you've got to stay in the now. What can I do now? Not what am I going to do tomorrow? Because yeah. you have no control over
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well what kind of advice, Ms. Marla, gems you could drop? Or what gets you through these crazy times right now? What's your positivity in, of dealing with how the world is it's kind of turned around on a lot of us in a lot of ways right now?
2: Well,
3: you know, we have things that we never thought we would see. We never thought we would see a black president in our time, right. but we did. Mm-hmm. And then we never saw thought we would see whites, Asians, Spanish, and blacks all come together, together. destined mm-hmm. over what's wrong yeah. and what's happening to us, that's right. and that's happening. Mm-hmm. I just think it's marvelous. Yes, and we never saw thought we'd see a pandemic, which he did, we did not want to see. Right. And wanted to hurry up and go away. Yeah, yeah. But, but things happen for a reason. Yes. And we have to stay close and understand that we are spiritual beings as well as physical beings mm-hmm. and not take everything so, so serious and yeah. literal on this physical thing, mm. you know
0: please don't stop please don't stop
3: that's, <laughs> that's why i'm 30 because we're, we're spiritual as well as physical yeah and spiritual means we have no age and no time there's no time and no all that belongs to this planet it has nothing to do with us spiritually Yes,
2: ma'am.
3: it's just for this particular planet so i decided I've never heard anybody 30 say there was something they couldn't do. They start proceeding with whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. When they get close to 40, they start that they start that mess. Yes. Oh um, before they getting old. Yes. And then they become that. So I decided don't go near 40, just be 30. Yeah. And yes. just keep on working. Mm-hmm. Think about what you want to do next. And fortunately, spirit has supported me. I've continued to work right up to now. Yes, that's and, right. That's and
0: right. I'm still gonna be working. Come on, because it's never too late. That's, <laughs> that's right, right. Mr. Mother. That's, that's right. right you no, know? and I keep saying that, you know, my wife is like, because I'll I'll just start saying it so much around the house. It's become part of my vocabulary now. Um, just that phrase, it's never too late. Because, I mean, just to be honest, I remember like so many of us, you know, through my life when I thought it was too late, through my life, I, you know, then that's just being real, you know. Now the pandemic comes and you come up with something to do. Yes, ma'am. That's it. <laughs> and I got the incredible and beautiful Miss Marla Gibbs I'm talking to. So, you know, it's never too late. You know, That's Right. <laughs> which leads me to um, one of your, your, your songs, Miss, Miss Gibbs. And if you don't mind, can, can I share this clip with my audience? And then we're going to come back and I promise I won't hold you long after that. But I just want to brag on the song that you have given us. And I want to present it here on the show of Never Too Late. Is that OK? That's OK with me. Thank you, thank you. Wendy, can I get your help to, to, to share this real quick? Ladies and gentlemen, this song here, Never Too Late, you'll see what I'm talking about, or what we're talking about.
4: As long as you breathe, you'd better believe it's never too late for life. Drop all that fear cause as long as you're here it's never too late for life scheme your schemes dream your dreams living your life is the way you cannot borrow from tomorrow you only get one day Never too late for life Start being bold and stick to your goal Forget all that stress and strife
0: And that took me through so many positive emotions right there I mean that was that's powerful that line is, and you'll see when you look back people are given the happy tears they're given the the, the the thumbs up sign they're given the that's right I mean that line that says can't borrow from tomorrow it's about today. You're always talking about tomorrow I'm gonna do this tomorrow Oh my goodness! It's never too late. Thank you, Miss Marla. Thank, Thank you, Miss Marla. I just want to say, with, you took your time to come on here with us today. We're not CNN. We're not the big boys, but we believe that our message of positivity, Miss Marla, is is just as strong. And when you what you've done for us today is that you've given us that further message and that further cosine that number one, it's not too late. And even more, that positivity is the way to go. I want to thank you, Miss Marla, for what you've given us as part of our life. I want to thank you for the smiles, for the laughter. I want to thank you for just being you. And and, and we love you, Miss Marla. Thank you so much for taking your time today. And I want to thank you for being you and
3: having this wonderful show.
0: Thank you, Miss Marla. That means so much. That means so much.
3: And I think we are going to name the book, It's Never Too Late. I yeah. Think, I think that's what we are going to do.
0: Lord. Hey, 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 and I think I've counted, since you just said that, it's already three people that said, please. <laughs> Somebody said, I know that's right. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
3: You know where I got the line from? What's that? People would come to me. One lady named Frankie, who was a senior citizen, she said, "I've always wanted to act. Do you think it's too late?" I said, "Are you still breathing?" But <laughs> she said, "Yeah." I said, "Then it's not too late." That's right. And the next thing, you know, I had her on on the Jeffersons as my uh, choir member. One of the three ladies that would come on the show, we go in the kitchen, and we'd be practicing our choir right. and uh, I said to Miss Jefferson, uh, the girls and I are going to be in the kitchen rehearsing, and out of the blue Sherman says, "Girls <laughs> and made us laugh. <laughs> He'd come up with those things like that it was so funny. <laughs>
0: See, and that just contributed to that chemistry y'all had, you know? Because it was like a quickness on both sides. Like my mother used to say, you know, we were time, you were time enough for each other. That was it, you know? Yeah, he was, he was so funny.
3: He was an introvert in real life and an extrovert on the screen. Yeah. He would come in and he'd say, Marla, I don't have my lines. I said, yes, you do. He said, no, I didn't study. I said, you have... I said, when you first read them, your man took a picture. and They're in there. Stop saying you don't know. They can't come out because you keep saying you don't know. So he looked at me. He said, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, when you, when your lips stop moving, I'll start talking. When my lips stop moving, you start talking. Just say something about what I said. So he said, okay. I said, That's how we're working. Look at that. See, and that's that magic we felt. you know. It's just logic in one way or common sense in another way. Gotcha. But you're trying to say what somebody wrote. I would try to tell Isabel it's not working for you because that's not the way you talk. You know? Because mm-hmm. writers write the way they write, but they don't write the way you talk. Yeah. You have to bring that so she said, no, I want to say what, the way they want me to say it. I said, OK. So we'd have pickups, and she'd be there half the night. Then finally, she said, what did you say I want to say? Yeah. I said, it's not me. It's not me. I don't want the credit. Right. Said, Just think about what you're about to say. And you keep correcting yourself to say what's in the script, but what you're about to say is the way you really talk. Gotcha. That's so it. We finally got that
0: together see that's that whole thing of what you were talking about that cultural uh rhythm that yeah. that, that, that comes out you know that's mm-hmm. all right that's miss Gibbs. <laughs> before I before we let you go miss Gibbs number one I've said it I don't know how many times you are stunning you're stunning beautiful beaming through the then somebody here is, is it's been twice somebody wants to know what is Marla Gibbs beauty tips <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask you, They throwing it out here to me. This is like the third question that came up. Lipstick, eyebrow, pencil, eyeliner. <laughs> and lashes when I can. <laughs> lashes when you can. <laughs> hey, and I think that positive attitude and that that has a lot to do as well, Ms. Gibb. You know, and, and, and your whole thing you just gave us there. Oh, my goodness. This was special, Miss Gibbs. Thank you so much again. And I, I hope that you come back. It would be an honor to have you back, Miss Gibbs.
3: Well, oh, thank you. As we move forward with our project, we'd love to
0: do that. Yes, ma'am. It would be an honor. It would be an honor. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. You heard it directly from the one and only Marla Gibbs herself today about the importance of positivity, the importance of understanding that it is never too late. It's never too late for, for right. whatever it is that your, your dreams, your, 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 even, even to find out, even if you have fears, let's, let's figure out what that fear was even about you know, was it, it was wasting my time or was it pushing me forward? Whatever it is, we can't borrow from tomorrow. Uh, we heard it and please go listen to that song. And like Miss Gibbs just mentioned, we're going to keep you posted of, 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 of the progress of what's happening with the book that I have, as we just had the, the, the small snippet of today that was so powerful in its own way, even with the amount of time that, that we had today we can just imagine how that book is gonna do what, what that book is going to do to us and give to us in our soul y'all of, of 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 the journey of Marla Gibbs the positivity of Marla Gibbs the ups the downs of Marla Gibbs but the most important is that endurance perseverance and motivation of Marla Gibbs of that it's never too late much respect much love and positivity posse as I always say I want to thank you Thank you for taking your time every Sunday to just come on here and we all gather together, y'all, and smile a little bit, learn a little bit from each other, you know. And you know me, hey, I'm a waterhead. I'll cry if it hits my heart. I ain't shy about it. Shame about that, you know. It washes the washes the soul a lot of times. But whatever it is, it gives us a time to break away from the news. It gives us time to break away from what's happening. That we're not trying to ignore what's going on. We're not trying to say that it's not crazy out here in the streets. All we're saying is every Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., Come on over here, and get some of this positivity on you, the best we can do. And like I say also, y'all take a shower in the positivity, take a bath in it, scuba dive in it. Hey, if you want a skinny dip in it, just jump in that pool of positivity. And when you come up out of that, sprinkle it on as many people as you can, because that's what it's all about. And then the words of the incredible and beautiful Marla Gibbs, it's never too late. I love your positivity posse, and we'll see you next time, next Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m., on the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series.